lift up the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for bringing people among us and people with us online so that they might hear the gospel and believe on the Lord Jesus. We pray that that will occur today as we meet in this house of worship. Strengthen your people. We want to be faithful followers of Jesus. Oh, Father, make us in 2022 more faithful. Strengthen us with might in the inner man that we may stand in evil days of temptation and having done all to stand. We pray that you would build up believers in their most holy faith. Make us to be a people for your possession, a people for your own praise, people for the name of Christ, a people for your honor and your glory. So take us, use us, have your way, get yourself glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we're back in our little series called Ephesians chapter 1, kicking off the new year here with it. And I'm going to remind you that most everything we're looking at for weeks now comes under chapter 1 and verse 3. So let's look at chapter 1 and verse 3 and regain our perspective on the rest of the chapter. So Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Hope you're not tired of me saying this, but here we are again in 1-3, and the Apostle Paul wants this for you. He wants you to live with this blessed in your heart, with this blessed on your lips, that you go about your life blessing God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. He wants you living with that. Then he gives you reasons why you can live that way, why you can live with that blessing. You can do that because God has blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So you can bless God because he's blessed you with spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. So we ought to be blessing God, blessing God, blessing God. Why? Because he's blessed me, blessed me, blessed me. Well, somebody might say, right now my life is kind of hard and I'm not feeling very blessed. Can you help me here? In what ways has he blessed me? And Paul gives us seven ways. So we've been in those seven ways. We're going to be in ways number five and six today, but let's back up and see the whole list. Here's why we can bless God. Here are the spiritual blessings he's given to us. One, he chose us to be holy before him, verse four. Two, he predestined us for adoption as sons and daughters, verse five. Three, he redeemed us and forgave our trespasses, verses 7 and 8. Four, he revealed his plan to unite all things in Christ, verses 8b and through 10. Five, and we're looking at this one today, he gave us an inheritance, verse 11. Six, we're looking at this one today, he predestined us according to his purpose, that we might be to the praise of his glory, verses 11 and 12. And number seven, for next week, Lord willing, he sealed us with his Holy Spirit, the guarantee of our inheritance. So bless the Lord. He's blessed you with blessings. Can you name some of them? There they are. Those are the ones Paul names. So we're looking at number five to start with today. Here's blessing number five. He gave us, if you're in Christ, he gave you an inheritance. He gave you an inheritance. 
Now, recently, my father sat me down. He's 90, he's almost 94 now, next month, 94. Sat me down and showed me his financial state. And basically, he said, son, we lived a lot longer than we thought we would. We didn't save enough to live this long. We're running out of money. Just want you to know where we are. Here's what we got. And I was like, okay, yep, probably not going to be an inheritance here. That's okay. I haven't been living expecting one anyway. Maybe some of you are in the same position. There's not going to be an earthly inheritance. And then what if a lawyer called you and said, uh, Rob, if your name is Rob, um, you don't know this, but you have, here's the famous story, a long-lost uncle who was a brilliant recluse who made $1.7 billion, and he died and left it all to you. It's your inheritance, $1.7 billion. What would you be like? Well, you'd, you'd all be acting like, oh, it's no great thing. Like, I know the money is the love of money is the root of all evil. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I'm not going to act excited here. But inside, you'd be going like, yes! Right? 1.7 billion! 1.7 billion is chump change compared to the inheritance that you have in Christ. And Paul and other authors of Scripture are going to try to convince you of that, and it ought to change the way you view stuff. It ought to change the way you feel about money. It ought to change the way you feel about your own life. It ought to make you one who seeks first his kingdom and his righteousness, and not all the stuff. So, Let's look again at Ephesians 1.11. He gave us an inheritance. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. In him we have obtained an inheritance. You don't have the stuff yet, but you, the, the lawyer has called you. You've been told, okay, you have an inheritance. You don't get it till the last day. You don't get it till the uncle passed away. Well, the, the Lord Jesus already passed away, and he purchased it for you. But you don't get it for a while, but you have an inheritance. And a little bit later in verse 14, Paul is going to say, and you have the Holy Spirit as a down payment. You have the Holy Spirit as an araban, the Greek word. You have the Holy Spirit as a guarantee that you, in fact, have that inheritance to look forward to. So he wants to impress upon you that you have an inheritance. But he doesn't tell us much in this text about the inheritance. So I want to know, like, what's it like? What is it? Do any other scriptures tell me more about it? They do. So we're going to look at some of them today. Let's start with Matthew 5, 5, the Lord Jesus. And he says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, the earth. A few comments on the meek. It's not what you'd expect. Things are topsy-turvy in the kingdom of God. Usually on the planet, the people who get stuff are the bold, the aggressive, the assertive, the dominating. Jesus says, not so in my kingdom. In my kingdom, it's the meat, the meek who will get the good stuff. It's the timid. It's the not-so-bold, the not-so-aggressive, the not-so-dominating. Those who are meek before a sovereign God, they shall inherit the earth. See why 1.7 billion is chump change. You're just about to own 
the planet, only it'll be a renewed planet and a glorified planet in which righteousness dwells. It's going to be an amazing planet, and you're going to own it. That's pretty good. Wait a few days, a few days, because your life is a vapor that appears for a very short time and then vanishes away. Go out on a cold day and breathe out. (sighs) Little vapor, that's it, that's your life. In the great scheme of things, in light of eternity, and you better remember this, and you better reckon on this, it'll, it'll help you to keep things right here on the planet. Your life is a vapor that appears and it's gone, so in a very short time, if you're in Christ, you'll inherit the earth, the planet, like that helps me. Name something you want. You want a new fishing rod, but you can't afford one. All right. But guess what? It's all right, because in a very short time, you'll be on a new earth. Jesus builds on this, Luke 12, 32. He says, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't fear. What were they fearing? In the context, there are people who are worrying. Oh, no. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Jesus says, don't worry about that. Your father's about to give you the kingdom. This helps you live when there's scarcity. And notice, it is your father's good pleasure. It's not like God says grudgingly, all right, I guess I'll give them the kingdom. No, no, it is his good pleasure. The father is pleased. Are you a father? Do you know how it pleases you to give your children good gifts? Yes, he's just like that. It pleases the father to give you the kingdom. So let's pause a minute. This is for real. This is not psychobabble. This is not how you talk yourself into feeling better about your life. Now, this is the real deal. This is what's going on here on the planet There's a future version of the planet. It's amazing. All who are in Christ will take possession of it. This is the real deal. Paul builds on this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, for all things are yours. They're all yours. They were fighting over which preacher is the best. Well, I'm I'm a Paul guy. Oh, I'm an Apollos guy. Well, I'm a Peter guy. Oh, I just stick with Christ. I reject them all. They're just men. Paul says, no, 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 don't do that. They're all for you. Line up behind. Listen to them all. Benefit from them all. Don't have just one preacher, and that's the one you listen to. No, no, no. All of them. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, and then he broadens it, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future. All are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. So, wow, get a T-shirt, have it printed on the front. Everything is mine. Paste that on the, the back side of your eyelids so every time you blink, everything is mine. It's all yours. It's amazing, and it's the Father's good pleasure to give it to you. Let's go on to Colossians 1.12. Paul writes, 
I want you to be living this way. He says, giving thanks to the Father. There you are. It's like blessing him again, like Ephesians 1.3. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. You ever get a loan? You have to go meet with a loan person and they pre-qualify you for the loan. God has qualified you. How did he qualify me? He washed me clean by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He gave me a new heart that loves him. He has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. All right, so what do we learn about our inheritance here? Well, I'm qualified for it in Christ. It's all you need. It's the only qualification you have to have. Are you in Jesus Christ? Yes. Then you have this inheritance, but you're going to share it. Here's a new thing you learn. You mean I'm not getting the whole planet for myself? No. You have to share it with all other Christ followers. But you won't mind because you won't be greedy or envious anymore. And neither will they be. He has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. It's going to be an inheritance in light. In that new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells in which the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ is blinding. That's where you'll share the inheritance of the saints and the light. I don't know about you, friend, but this is pretty good. This sounds pretty exciting. The the Father has qualified you for it. Now, I want you to really notice in the next passage we're going to, this inheritance affects how you work right now, how you live right now. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Paul writes, whatever you do, pause there. He's talking about your vocation and your life, how you spend your life, but especially your vocation. What do you do? Whatever it is. You say, well, I work at Wawa. What do they pay you if you work at Wawa? 15. You're making 15 bucks. What's minimum wage? Who knows all this stuff? (laughs) You've been researching jobs, bro? You work there? All right. So whatever you do, whether you're a butcher, baker, or candlestick maker, work heartily. Put your energy into it. Break a sweat. Get into it. If you work in one of those places where everybody's complaining all the time and everybody's slothful, moving as slowly as possible, and everybody's lazy, doing as little as possible, and they're eye-pleasers doing man service, oh, the boss is watching, I better move a little bit. Don't be like that. Amen? Amen? Whatever you do, well, I work in a grumbling place. Stop the grumbling. That place comes under this verse. Whatever you do, work heartily, get into it, as for the Lord and not for men. Okay, I have a question for you, Mr. Smarty Pants. Wow, wow, man. (laughs) Who do you work for? Amen. All right, it's McDonald's, sorry. Uh, That was good. (laughs) You You passed. You may now play drums in the closing song. (laughs) I work for Jesus Christ at fill in the blank, right? That's what it is. As for the Lord and not for men. My boss is a man, a woman, a person, a human. I work for them. No, no, no. You work for Jesus at Wawa. So when you go to Wawa, say, okay, I'm working for King Jesus today. 
I'm working for my boss today. I'm working for my sovereign today. I want to really pour it on. I want to be the best worker, the best employee I could possibly be as for the Lord and not for men. Well, are there any helps for me to do that? I'm struggling. Yeah, here's, here's the help. Verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. Oh, that helps. I'm going to go work at Wawa or Kohl's today, and they're going to pay me a little bit of money for being there, but I'm working as to the Lord, and he's going to give me the earth, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. This had a lot of meaning for them in their day. There was no middle class. You were rich, you were poor. Very few rich, everybody poor. Whole lot of the poor were servants. Really, really poor. A lot of the people in the church to whom this was written, they're servants. Really, really poor. Paul addresses them and says, I don't want you complaining about your master. I don't want you griping about your master. I don't want you lazy. I don't want you slothful. I don't want you catching that from the other employees who are like that. I want you in there working as hard as you can as to the Lord, and here's your motivation. I know he's going to pay me well for this. It's the planet. It's like not minimum wage, it's maximum wage. Like what else is there he could give you? I'm getting paid that. I work for Jesus Christ at Cornerstone Church. Let's go on. Peter would be the last passage we chase around about this inheritance. Peter, in a way that's very similar to Ephesians chapter 1, starts in his chapter 1 verse 3 and says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter, too, wants us like Paul. Blessing God, blessing God, blessing God. Can you give us any helps, Peter? Yes, here they are. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's why I can bless God, Peter says. He's caused you to be born again. I mean, what else do you want, right? What would you exchange for that? What would you give in exchange for your soul? He has caused you to be born again. You're the most blessed, wealthy person on the planet because you've got new life in Christ. And, and it goes on. To an inheritance that is imperishable. Get any inheritance from anybody on this planet, and it's perishable. It is undefiled. There's nothing wrong with it. It's unfading. Let me tell you about unfading. So this is too big of an illustration for where I am in a verse, but I'm going to do it anyway. Stay with me. So when Debbie and I first got married, we lived in a dump, the cheapest apartment we could find because we were both students and didn't have any money. We affectionately referred to the place as Roach City because there were roaches. When we first moved in, we had zero furniture. Soon we acquired one of these. Somebody gave us that piece. Somebody gave us that piece. Someone gave us one of those. We had a box that was our dining table and our um, coffee table. Depends on what time of day. Oh, now the box is our dining table. 
But here's something interesting that happened. Interesting that happened. So my grandmother on my mother's side was a live-in help for Mamie Eisenhower, wife of former general and president Dwight D. Eisenhower. This is Mamie Eisenhower. My grandma lived in her house and like helped take care of her up in Gettysburg, a mansion. So they're redoing the mansion and they take down some curtains and they gave them to my grandma and she didn't need them. So they passed them down to Debbie and me. So we had the president's wife's curtains in Roach City. So people would come to visit. We'd like take them straight over to the curtains. You want to see our curtains? These were Mamie Eisenhower. Don't look at anything else. But you know what? Having a president's wife's curtains, they were perishable. They were fading. Where are they now? I have no idea. I wish we'd kept them somehow. Put them on display somewhere. But it's all fading. Fading are the earthlings' glories, says a great hymn. But this inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Nobody's going to get it. Nobody's going to take it away. It's kept, and you're kept too. You who, by God's power, are being guarded or kept through faith. He keeps giving you faith. You keep believing for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. I want to sing right now, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. (laughs) you can live your life blessing God you can live your life rejoicing because you have an inheritance that is kept and you're being kept and guarded for that inheritance there's no way this deal messes up there's nothing that goes wrong here you have an inheritance on the new earth So that's the first point we're making today. That's the first thing we're looking at today. He gave us an inheritance. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined. A couple observations about that inheritance, a couple applications about that inheritance, if you will, please. So this, my friends, should be one reason why we're not too enamored by the things of this world. All right? Like, I'm going to own everything tomorrow, so... Does it really matter much what I own now? I mean, really, that should be your perspective. You should feel that. You should think that. You should believe that. Doesn't mean you shouldn't work hard. Working hard might make you rich. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be rich. Be generous, ready to share, 1 Timothy 6. But it does mean that you're not primarily motivated, oh man, I love the stuff, I love the money, I love what this world offers, and so I'm living for it, and it's my passion, and it's my hope, and I spend all my energy. No, 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 no. We're not too enamored by the things. They're fleeting, and our life is a vapor, and we don't worry too much if we don't have much stuff, and we don't get too excited if we do have a lot of stuff. It's all kind of flat for us. It's all the same. And this is not just a way of psyching yourself out because you're struggling financially. This is not a psychobabble way of making yourself feel better about yourself. This is the truth. You can bless God because you go down to number five, I have an inheritance. 
so I could live blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. And just breathe out one more time, and you're going to have that inheritance. One more vapor, and you'll be there. First observation, this is one reason why we're not too enamored by stuff. Second observation, this is why we seek first God's kingdom, things to be added. Let me read that for you. It's not up there, but I'll read it from here. Matthew 6, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. These might be words for someone in this room today, and you've been worrying How are we going to pay for food? How are we going to pay for clothing? How are we going to keep a roof over our heads? Jesus says, don't worry about that. I don't want my people worrying about that. Why not? Is not life more than food? It is, right? And is the body not more than clothing? It is, right? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's a pretty good deal. I want to make sure I do get all those things that are necessary for life, like food and clothing and water and a roof over my heads. How do I make sure of that? Seek first his kingdom and believe him that he'll make sure of that. So this is why we seek first, because he's going to add everything to us in this life, but we even have an inheritance in the next And this is why we invest in the future kingdom. This is why we labor for the future kingdom. Paul makes this point in 1 Timothy 6. He's just talking to the rich. He does not say, shame on you. He does not say, you must be evil to have gotten rich. He does not say, you should give it all away. No, no. He says, Timothy, I want you to have a rich man's Bible study, and here's what you teach them. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So I've had a, I have a friend. We've been friends since college. And way back when we were in college, he said to me one day, based on this text. He said to me, you know, you can't take it with you, but you can push it on ahead. You can push it on ahead. That's what the text says, storing up treasure for yourself as a good foundation for the future. So I want to live my life not clinging to what I can have, but pushing it on ahead, investing in God's kingdom, God's purposes, God's people, So, he gave us an inheritance. Now, see, you need to really feel that. That's supposed to register with you so it makes you a blessed person. You need to really reckon on that. Like, this matters more than you think. This matters more than the new curtains. This matters more than a new truck. This matters more than how much money do I have in the account. This matters way more. You need to let that matter way more to you. Eh, things, all right. Paul writes to the Philippians, I can do all things through Christ. What things are you talking about, Paul? Well, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. There's skill sets involved. I can abound and I don't get haughty. I don't think I'm somebody special. I'm above all others because I abound. And I can abase. I can be poor. I can have nothing. I can be destitute. And I don't really care either because I know the Lord will provide for me. Or if he doesn't, I'll die and go to heaven. 
So my inheritance really changes for me how I feel about things in this life. So he gave us an inheritance. All right. Let's go on to this next part. Here's the second thing we're looking at today. We will finish on time. It's okay. He gave us an inheritance, verse 11. Now, the, the sixth thing we're looking at today, here it is. He predestined us according to his purpose that we might be to the praise of his glory. Verses 11 and 12. Let's read verses 11b and 12. Here they are. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. This is supposed to help me with a blessed. Verse 1, verse 3 rather. I'm supposed to live blessing God, blessing God, blessing God. Why? Because he blessed me with every spiritual blessing. Can you name some? Here's the sixth one he names. Because you're predestined according to his purpose, unto the praise of his glory. Now, I want you to notice the words. Paul, like, heaps up terms. 16 ounces to the pound here. Notice he says, you are predestined. Notice that word. You're marked out ahead of time in eternity past. What's the standard for that marking out? Well, it's rooted in God himself and in God alone. It's according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So you have his purpose, his counsel, his will, synonyms, different Greek words, but they mean about the same thing. What are they talking about? In eternity past, you've heard me say before, you've known this for a while, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in sovereign counsel, determined, decreed, all things whatsoever shall come to pass. And now in time, verse 11 says, God is working. He's a hands-on deity. He is working all things according to that counsel, the counsel of his will. So point at anything. That just happened. It's according to the counsel. That over there didn't happen. It's according to his counsel. I got one of these according to his counsel. I didn't get the job according to his counsel. Everything going on in time is the hand of God working all things according to his counsel. There's great comfort in that in the sovereignty of God. He's bigger than we think, my friends. He's so big, he can be in charge of everything. He can work everything according to the counsel of his will. And we go on, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. Why is he working all things according to the counsel of his will? What's the big purpose? This is a purpose clause. So that, in order that, for the purpose that, we might be to the praise of his glory. Now, this is thunderous. This might somehow be 32 ounces to the pound. God is working all things according to the counsel of his will. Why? To what end? What is everything for? What is all of this here for? What's going on? What's the purpose of it all? This is the purpose. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Remember, everything exists for what purpose? The glory of God. 
You exist for what purpose? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Why does God ever do anything that He has ever done? So He will receive glory from it. Everything is for that purpose, that it might glorify God. Why did God allow the fall? Because it's going to result in greater glory for God when we discover what His mercy is like on the other side of the fall. Why does God do anything? It's all for his glory. This is in verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace. Verse 12, to the praise of his glory. Verse 14, to the praise of his glory. Paul, why don't you repeat it three times? What's it all here for? Why Why is there a creation? Why is there a fall? Why is there redemption? Why is there a judgment day? Why is there a heaven? Why is there a hell? Because God is working all things according to his account, his eternal counsel, and they all result in His glory. God did not create a perfect earth or there never would have been a fall, but God created the best earth for giving him the opportunity to reveal all of his attributes, including his mercy for fallen people, including his grace and redemption, including his love and his pardon. He could never have revealed those without a world that allowed for a fall and brought a savior and gave us redemption. Why did God ever do anything? He's doing all these things to the praise of his glorious grace. That's what's going on down here. That's the purpose for it all. That's the purpose for you (laughs) and for me. Paul gives us more of this. Can you handle some more? You're like staggering already. This is heavy stuff. Can you handle some more? Say yes. Thank you. Romans 9, I'll put it up for you. God says, what if God, he's not just musing, he's not like a philosopher stroking his beard. Hmm, I wonder if God, it's not that. It's a rhetorical advice. He's telling us what God is doing. What if God, desiring to show his wrath, Why did God create and allow the fall? Because one of his purposes is he desires to show that. And to make known his power, that's what creation is here for, what if that God has endured with much patience? We would have never known that patience. He could have never displayed it. We never would have glorified him for it. Has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. Why? The purpose. In order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Why does God do anything? This is why. Why did God allow the fall? This is why. Why did God provide a redeemer. This is why. Why have you believed? This is why. Why is there a heaven and there a hell? This is why. This is like really central to the whole story of what's going on. And if you understand it, it absolutely roots you in a world that has a sovereign God. So you're supposed to look at this and you're supposed to say, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's blessed me in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What? He gave me an inheritance. It's the earth. And he predestined me according to his purpose that I might be to the praise of his glory. If you apprehend this stuff, you can live blessed, 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 blessed. And it'll make you live differently. I want to say it again. 
dear friend, this is the real universe and you live in it. There's no other one you can skip over to. This is what's really going on down here. This is the big story. This is why it all exists. This is what is happening. So please, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Well, you just told us we have to be predestined. How do I know if I'm predestined? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, and then you'll know you were predestined. Please believe on the Lord Jesus, because this is what's going on. You and all things exist to reveal God's glory to creatures who love him. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for bringing us to these, these verses in your word. We pray that you would just stamp them all over our souls, that you would plant them deeply in our hearts. We pray that people right now would call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, please save me. Please show me your mercy. Show me your grace through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Lord, I'm turning to you and believing on him. Please, may I be one of his blood-bought children. Many of us are. And Father, we pray, would you make us a people who live according to these eternal purposes, your purposes? Would you make us a people who live daily blessing you, reckoning on the inheritance that you've given us in Christ, eagerly waiting for it, trusting in your sovereign purposes in the meantime, blessing you for your sovereign grace. We pray all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.